we're all in this together, together we're stronger. If you're hiring people who are gonna act like jackasses out in public, then you probably should hire them anyways, frankly, right? So there's gotta be that trust factor. And on that note, like I always say to my team, I hired you because the worst mistake you can make, I know is still gonna be awesome. Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams in B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around, and the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today, I'm especially excited because our guest is Kate Bradley-Chernis, CEO at Lately.ai. Kate, thank you for joining me today. What up, Nick? Thank you so much. It's great to see your smiling face. And I'm glad that we we realize we're only about three hours from each other in the same time zone, which I don't get a lot, and the same weather, basically, too. So I feel like we're already friends. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's all you need in life. So for everyone that doesn't know who you are, why don't you give everyone kind of like a 60-second high-level overview of yourself? That's hard, but I'll try. Uh, so I am the co-founder and CEO of Lately. Lately is an artificial intelligence software company that writes content for you and then lets you publish it out on all the social places, right? So that's part of the fun. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. But before this, I used to be a line cook. So everything Tony Bourdain says is 100% true. I totally lived that. Ketchup is awful. And then I was also a rock and roll DJ. So my Last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day at XM uh, Satellite Radio. But my first gig was in Vermont, and the sister station is The River, which I know you know from Boston. Definitely know that. Yep. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Like, it opens up a lot of, like, things that are running through my head. But I'll kind of go into, like, what my first thoughts are. And being the CEO of Lately... Which for the listeners that don't know, you know, as you mentioned, it's an AI tool to help with repurposing content. I'm curious how you feel that AI can be used in content distribution to help marketers scale. Yeah. So the most important way is it's help. That's the key word you. It's not like do it all for you, right? This is a partnership. And there's so many reasons why. But the main one is that a robot is always a robot, Nick right? It can't wink at you and and deliver that hug through the Zoom, right? Or through whatever we're using here today. And the humans have to get involved and and teach the robot and coach it along, right? And so it's so funny. I mean, this is something we insist upon, like our robot is designed to get you to third base. Now that just imagine how hard it is to get to third base, Sox fans and everybody else, right? And then the robot gets you home, not just the distance, but the run. And it's the, uh, sorry, the human, excuse me. So that's the magic is like human good, robot good, together, we're winning the World Series, right? And that's, I think, something people, they freak out about that, right? It's not designed to work without you. We're not trying to eliminate 
anybody's jobs. <laughs> nice, nice. And so adding on to that, what do you feel the positives and negatives are of using AI for content? Yeah, so I think the negatives are right there. If you're going to not put your human effort in and let the robot work, you're going to get honestly robotic answers. And that's across, it's not just it lately, but it's across the board, right? And people can feel that. And I can see it all the time. We all have been on a call where the customer service rep is reading, literally reading the guide for you, reading the script. You know what that's like. We can feel it, right? That's why it's so important to ask people, what's the weather like, David? <laughs> it's so easy. So like one negative is that kind of cold feeling. And then the positives are obviously doing the work that nobody wants to do, right? We have, I don't know if you guys have seen those they have those Roombas, right? And now they mow your lawn, right? Now, even that thing, you can't just let it run. You got to put the little flags out or design it and coach it and, and all the things. And there's things that it can't get over. Maybe it's like your rocky entryway or whatever it is. Like, so as long as you know that, as long as you're aware of the positives and the negatives and understand how to temper or take advantage of either one, you know, you're going to be golden. Nice, nice. It's kind of interesting. And so I, I came across this piece right here. And so lately, in general, talks a lot about personal brand and company brand kind of mixing. How do you see people tying in their personal brand to a company brand? Because the reason that I ask that is because I've worked for a company in the past called Clary. And so we were very empowered to create a personal brand with what we did. And it benefited the company brand in general. And I think people have that disconnect that like, just because people post content on themselves on LinkedIn or whatever tool they're using, they sometimes don't know that it positively impacts the company brand as well. So like, you know, what's your thought on like tying your personal brand into a company brand? 100% I'm with you. I mean, we're all in this together. Together, we're stronger. If you're hiring people who are going to act like jackasses out in public, that you probably should hire them anyways, frankly, right? So there's got to be that trust factor. And on that note, like I always say to my team, I hired you because the worst mistake you can make, I know is still going to be awesome. Right. And so I think that's a, one important thing is to th understand what kind of company you are and what kind of culture you've created, because that plays into a heavy duty. But yeah, we're the more the merrier. Like it's not just me on the cover of the magazine. It's Chris and Lauren and Anke and Kristen. And when you know that you can grow exponentially for all the reasons I know you're already thinking, right? The brand is made strong by the humans. That's us. Right. Again, if you don't like where you're working, then that's another problem. But hopefully you love where you're working. You want to shout on the rooftops about it, like my team does. And then people, the social proof around that, the reason that helps, that really works, is because you have the deepest insight of anybody of this company, right? You work there. <laughs> so we can't trust you. Who can we trust? You know? So that's why that the word of an employee is extra golden kind of spark on there. Yep, absolutely. Would you call this employee advocacy? I would, right? Yeah, yeah, I would. It's interesting that you mentioned that because like, side note, it was, you know, I was going over our monthly kind of like marketing metrics meeting today. And so we were going over February results. Our Twitter usage as a company brand from like an engagement standpoint grew 96% over the previous month. And partly was that because I'm not saying it's just because of myself, but like I came on board. I'm a big user on Twitter. Like I started to engage more with content, posting a lot about the company. And then our LinkedIn engagement grew over like two or 3%. And like we look at, we measure it across a lot of other brands that are similar to us. 
And we have the size of a lead over it. And it's just, it goes to show you that if you can create that employee advocacy, like it pays off huge. So I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, totally huge. You know, and it's fun. The trust factor, I think, is what people are scared of, right? And that is hard, but there are ways to have controls around that. I mean, that's something Lately does also, actually. And we actually publish on behalf of our employees a lot of the time, but they also have their own personalities. And But we have training for that. My Katie is my social media manager. She works with my team to make sure their profiles are... We don't want to erase the color out of them <laughs> altogether. But if your name is like Emma2591346... I'm going to be like, hey, <laughs> how about Emma Wonderful or something yeah. else? <laughs> and make sure your pictures are good and, and all that kind of stuff. And then we just talk a lot about, because we're in the business of marketing and branding ourselves, right? It's very trickle down here. So we walk the talk as a brand. I do as the CEO, the team does publicly and then how they treat our customers and then how the AI works. So it's for us, all of those things work the same. So it's a lot easier to know that what they're going to say on social is something that's going to work for us because we're hammering it all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. And that kind of brings me, I want to go back to like the employee piece of it. So when you're hiring people, do you look for employees or potential candidates that have a strong personal brand? Like, is that important to you at all? The most important thing is culture fit. And I'm not sure if like legally as HR allows us to talk, but I don't have an HR yet. <laughs> They're too small, not for much longer. But and so culture fit means a couple of things. It's both to your point, it's both external and internal, right? I know we've been work from home from the beginning. I need to hire people who love autonomy and who can roll with that, right? But who also know that they need to publicly kind of shout out their own work because if I don't see it on Slack or Asana, then they don't exist, right? I mean, that's part of the deal. So those kinds of people already kind of get social a little bit. Not everybody does. We have a thing called sharing is caring, Nick. It's one of our Slack channels. And every time we see something online, whether it's a customer writing something nice about us, or maybe a customer like just published a book, something like that, we pop it in the channel and then everybody on the whole team, even my engineers are required to like and comment on that piece of content, right? So what I like about that is there's this huge, we're all in this together feeling, which we touched on before. And for us, the results, I mean, so we have a 98% conversion rate, Nick. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because this stuff works, right? What you're saying. And it's because we haven't met a customer in over a year who hasn't doesn't say to us, I heard about you somewhere, because we're all making all this noise with no paid ads, this little company that could, right? Just with our own humanness. And that trust, the reason we get that 98% conversion is all the things you've just said. It's because like, we have a community and it's very visible and people want to be a part of the community. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That blows my mind that like, no paid ads, it's crazy, but it's scrappy. And like, you love to see like, success stories like this come out of that. So huge kudos to you and the team. Yeah. And by the way, you know how many people tell me I can't do it this way regularly? <laughs> like, That's not going to scale. It's not going to work. Yeah. And I'm like, it's working. <laughs> That's more power to you. Love to see it. 
So some people say a personal brand is about adding value. Some say it's just being yourself and being authentic to who you are, but it doesn't really offer someone tactical advice. What does adding value mean to you if you're a marketer that's looking to get started in doing something from a personal branding standpoint? Yeah, so I think it's a combination of both. The value is always being authentic is also delivering value, right? So like I authentically don't normally shower until two or three in the afternoon, not because I don't want to, because I can't get away from this damn scream. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that is authentic. And the only thing that might be relatable there is for other entrepreneurs in the room who are like, oh my God, me too, right? So there is some value to that, but you have to think about what you're delivering. So what the objective is, I think is the most important thing. Is my objective to make somebody smile, which is fine. Is it to get them to click and watch the rest of this webinar or podcast that we just did? Is it to simply make them share my content so that I get more reach, right? And if that's the deal, usually people share content because you make them look good. Think about this, right? They get credit for what you said, even though you said it. It's kind of like when somebody in college gave you a song, you heard it for the first time, like they didn't write that song, (laughs) but they get all the credit for being like the tastemaker, right? Exactly. So if you think about what those objectives are, the way that you talk about yourself or your brand online has to key into one of those objectives or more. And I think people forget that all the time, right? So for me to be very clear, my objective is money. I want to make a sale. Totally. I would not do social media if it wasn't for Lately because I hate it. I'm a slave to it. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? <laughs> and so I'm constantly thinking, and there's no shame in this, like constant thinking about, and what I'm writing, and is what I'm writing right now going to, in the end, drive traffic to the thing that'll get demos, right? Demo requests are KPI because that's what we convert at 98%. So that's everything I think about all the time. Now, sometimes that means that reshare because my visibility and my personality gets me more podcast interviews, right? But that's all tied to that end goal. Podcast interviews equal demo requests. We know this. So I think that's just the most essential thing is to think about what your objective is, back into it, right? And don't be embarrassed about it. Sometimes people feel like making money is a dirty thing and it's perfectly not, right? Totally agree. Yep. That's a great way to put it. And it's just like knowing what's important to you is like, that's what's key. Like some people, like for me, I have nothing to sell. I mean, yeah, I work for a company and it would be nice to convert off of that, especially now because I talk to marketers all day. That's what our product does. But in general, like the content that I put out there, my goal, if I can help one person a day, I just... I give all of my stuff away for free. It may not be the right idea, but I keep on telling myself at some point karma is going to come back around and it's going to pay off in the long run. And so people always ask like, what's important to you? Like, why aren't you selling services or like consulting or something like that? I'm like, honestly, I don't have the time. I just, I don't know. I enjoy helping people, but five years, 10 years down the road, who knows that could change and I could be similar to you. You got to figure out, like you said, what works for you. Yeah, you're building a fan base is what you're doing. And that's a hard thing to get. A lot of companies think, oh, if you build it, they'll come. That's not true. They should have never made that movie. (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) You have to work at it. You have to have an audience to tell when you're doing a thing, you know, and 
I already had, I knew that from radio. So like I came to lately with my radio audience, right? And now certainly it was different, but like I had enough that I could roll it over. And that's one thing, by the way, sorry to tangent, but I think personal branding, a personal branding mistake is to not acknowledge the person you were before. You want to capitalize that, right? Off that, because the life you're living actually is a straight line. You just got to connect those dots. So like my husband, for example, who I love dearly, is an amazing rock and roll guitar player, but he doesn't really like to share that. He's now in clean energy sales and he is worried that they'll think less of him. And once in a while, someone finds out and they freak out because he's also amazing. And they're like, oh my God, you're turn this up the damn wells. What? And I'm like, dude, you don't understand this. You can use this <laughs> in sales, but it's not his style and that's totally okay. But it is my style. Like I don't have any shame of, there's a reason I told you I was a rock and roll DJ, not exactly. just for conversation. Yeah. That's super interesting. So this next one, and I believe you're on Clubhouse, right? Yes. Oh yes. my so, God. It's killing me. <laughs> it is. To be honest, the shiny new toy object has kind of worn off a little bit for me, but this is kind of my hot take on it. And I'm, I'm interested in yours. So like Clubhouse being the shiny new thing, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Twitter, whether you're doing TikTok or whatever it is, there's so many channels and things that you can use out there. What's your take on all of those? How does a marketer balance all of these from a personal perspective? I'll let you go first. Now I'll add some of my thoughts onto it. What do you there. think? I'm curious now. You started with that. So it's interesting because I feel like Clubhouse was good, but there's people that just spend all day on there. And it's these people that basically consider themselves experts and like they're selling an ebook or they're selling their consulting services or something like that. Like you have to find the right crowd in like the right rooms and then it's okay. And I was spending probably 10 to 12 hours a week on there when I first joined in like January. And I probably spend like an hour to two hours on there a week now, because honestly, I just, I don't have the time. And between that and then LinkedIn, which is where I post the most content. And then I've been really kind of jumping on like the Twitter, like marketing Twitter, like bandwagon these last couple of months as well. It's just people ask me all the time, like, how do you have time to do this, all of this? I have a two and a half year old daughter. I have like a full-time job that I work. And honestly, I'm just like, I don't know. I just try to make it work. And it's worked so far where I've been able to like do it all. But I've also been taking meetings from just people that will reach out to me, like say they're in field marketing and they just want to like pick my brain or I have like VPs of marketing or CMOs that will come to me and like they want to talk about field marketing, what it means. Like I was having like one of those calls a week and then it turned into like four a week and now it's about seven to eight a week. And like, I just, I hate to say no to people because I want to make everyone happy. And it's tough because my schedule is literally like back to back every single day and I have no time to like get anything done. So I need to cut back. I feel like I'm an addict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to stop that. And I'll tell you in case you didn't know this, but I'm going to just support you. Your time is very valuable, Nick. Very, very valuable. It really is. And so you should charge for this time. I don't let anybody pick my brain. Pick my brain is code for let me waste your time. It really is. I don't do it because I have this other thing that I'm putting my heart into, right? And I can find you someone who's a freelancer will be happy to consult with you. And like once in a while, someone will ask me like for my advice. And I'm like, I don't do consulting anymore. And like, oh, I didn't want consulting. I want advice. And I'm like, it's the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> right? And those people 
as you know, I mean, this is talks to the people who are DBAs and consultants. The most valuable lesson I feel like I learned at that level of entrepreneurship was firing customers and saying no. Because once you start the value, you start to assign. What am I worth? 175 bucks an hour? 50 bucks an hour? Whatever it is. You know, you just sort of think about that. And you think about, okay, for that hour or seven hours that I consulted these people, I didn't get to chance to mow the lawn. My wife's pissed because I didn't put the dishes away. Yeah. <laughs> right, whatever it is. And that's hard. This is a problem that all of us have, right? Even back to my husband, like he'll be like, oh, but we'll save a thousand dollars. Not that much, but we'll save this money if I mow the lawn. I'm like, but it takes eight hours for you to mow the lawn. That's And it takes two weekend days and then the weekend's gone and you're pissed because you didn't get to fill your brain and your heart. So I think that's one thing. But then the other question, there's another thing. We talk about Clubhouse and then being everywhere all the time. So like Clubhouse, I already did radio. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, it's all it is. I'm not interested in doing. I'm on it very sporadically and only as a guest. I don't want to be a host because I don't like radio that way. I like radio being music, obviously. But I've got some friends like Mitch Jackson or Brian Fanzo we're all over that and they can make it work for them because they already, it's just easy peasy for them. It's not even work for them. For me, I don't get anything out of it because I like after the fact marketing and I can't, there's no takeaway. I can't record this and then use it. Now I'm sure I could figure out a way to do that if I really wanted to, but like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And like you said, I got other things LinkedIn working really well for me. <laughs> so I'm watching it and so I'm booked out right now for podcasts until the third week in June because I can't do more than one a day because otherwise I sound like a cheap salesman. <laughs> <laughs> but if I didn't, I would probably accept more invites to hang out on Clubhouse. The other question you had was like, so where do you focus, right? And you focus where the fish are jumping. So like you said, LinkedIn is jumping for us. Twitter is jumping for us also. We have to be everywhere. We have to be on TikTok a little bit. We suck at it. <laughs> on Instagram, we're, um, we're medium there. We're paying attention. Twitter spaces, God, kill me now. <laughs> it's like too much. But for anybody just starting out, all you have to do is pick one thing and do it well. That's it. Whatever it is. And if do it well for a little while, if it doesn't feel right to you, then get some education and maybe try a different channel. But all you need to do is to build that audience. That's all you need to do. And if you focus on that, like it took us, so let's see, Lately's been around since 2014. And I started building the audience right away because I knew to do that. And now when we have something to tell people, we've got, I think we have an email list of like about 20,000 people, right? which we almost never use. <laughs> What's wrong with us? <laughs> but it took us a long time to build that. And the other thing is don't freak out. Like, I don't know how to say this. This applies to your whole business. We used to do this. We used to think, okay, well, what are the big dogs doing? What's HubSpot doing? What's Hootsuite doing? Let's do what they're doing. And don't do that because <laughs> you're not in the same position. And so we wasted a lot of time, whether it's designing our website or a pitch deck or email drip campaigns, all these things. Like it's just totally stupid to be putting on adult clothing when you're when you're only a toddler. Like just wear the raddest toddler shoes you can find right now. That's that's all that matters, right? Yeah, I love that. It's always so interesting. I think that's a, a lot of people are so confused because they think they need to be everywhere at all times. And that's 
I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's something that people need to like take away that like you don't need to be everywhere. Like, especially when you work in a full-time job and like a lot of like the people that listen to this show, they're younger in their marketing career and they're still trying to figure it out. And like, it's not like they're out on their own doing their thing. Like they're trying to get out here and like survive and like figure it out as they go. And don't burn yourself out because burnout is a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And this ties back to your point about value before. So like, Figure out what the value is that you're delivering. Maybe you are an awesome copywriter, which I am. And so I figured out that this is a gimme, a gift I can give to people. So I have a copywriting course where it's not about lately and I can offer it up as a gift for any webinar or summit or whatever. And so it's a goodwill thing on my end, but of course it's not. It's also sales related because I just dropped my LinkedIn thing and people look and who you are and then they say, (laughs) what did you just make that thing is crazy (laughs) but there's ways to add value like that right so it's a little bit sneaky and maybe you're an awesome chef or maybe you're a terrible chef and you're trying recipes every night and they bomb (laughs) it doesn't really matter what your gift is right as long as you lean the hell into it yep right totally agree louder for the people in the back i like that so This is interesting to me because being a marketer, this is kind of like a a two-part question. How does a marketer get your attention and what do you read on LinkedIn, especially from like other marketers or like what jumps out to you on your LinkedIn feed? Oh, well, here comes the black curtain. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) nothing. So like (laughs) there is on LinkedIn, I almost never scroll. I don't have time. I got so many alerts of stuff that I have to respond to. And that's my job as the CEO is there's only some things that I personally can do again, because it's all about driving those demo requests. That's all I'm thinking about. Right. And so I'm looking about what we need to comment on as a team to lift it up. Sometimes it's a thread around somebody wishing there was an AI tool that automatically turned all of their podcasts into a hundred mini movie trailers. And I'm like, shizzle that's us people get on here and figure out how to do it without being too salesy sometimes i can't help it and i'm like oh my god duh, this exists already <laughs> right the one thing i really don't like and sorry friends who are listening i hate it when people just tag me because they want me to like in a long list of other names it's so plastic and annoying and so it's needy is what it is like i'm totally happy if you like sent me a link to something and said hey kate would you comment on this and help me lift it up yes i will do that with email to maybe try to answer your question better. So I unsubscribe from everything. I hate people who automatically subscribe. It's rude. I agree. (laughs) You didn't ask me. And we don't do that, by the way. Like we like, if you're a customer, we sign you up, but you're a customer. You need to know these things and you can unsubscribe. We don't care. And I'm always switch pitching people because I get a lot of pitches. I love this on LinkedIn too. People are like, Kate, don't you want better leads and more leads. And I'm like, no, I'm overwhelmed with leads, actually. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) I don't need your help. Thanks. And they're like, what, really? I'm like, maybe we can help you. (laughs) You can do less work and still deliver more leads. The things that I leave are the value things. So Anne Handley's newsletter, I don't always get to read it, but I love her newsletter. You guys all need to sign up for this. It's the best marketing newsletter out there with tons of actual value. Everything from like, I keep going back to this one a couple months ago, she linked to a landing page where instead of just contact us and yada, yada, it says like, call Lyle. (laughs) 
and you click call Lyle and there's a picture of Lyle. It's like the North Carolina tourism page or something like that. And I guess did gangbusters for them. But what I loved about it was the thing she loved about it was so human, right? Who doesn't want to call Lyle? And I was like, who doesn't want to call my Lauren? She's the best. We're doing the same thing. So I steal ideas from that. I, I get Anu Garg's word of the day email, which is like the best one to get. It's a theme of entomology, whatever words, every, like all this week was Gulliver Travels words, like yeah. Lilliput. Nice. So cool. And that's pretty much it. I even unsubscribe from my friends and my customers because I'm just like, <laughs> sorry. Because I see them on social. I, I know what you're doing. I know what's going on with you. And the other thing, Nick, that happens is I got enough people around me that'll tell me if something goes on. Like I don't read any newspapers and I don't watch any news on TV because I don't have to. Someone else is going to tell me it's yeah. a fan, frankly. And that's kind of a weird thing. Like, I don't think you have to consume in order to publish, frankly. Right? That's a good point of view. And I, I, think, I think some people get hung up on that because I think they feel like they have to consume and produce content. But like, I don't know. Maybe you get to the point where, like you said, you can. Like Chris Walker kind of mentioned something similar. And like he does all video because everything that he's producing from a con like a content perspective was getting plagiarized. So now he just does video. But I asked him this a similar question. And he was like, honestly, I don't have time. He's just like, there's nothing that jumps out to me. He's like, I have a team that tells me if I need to jump on something. So it's interesting. I just, I haven't hit that fandom yet. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. And it's really about like, there starts to be this, we're back to your mental state, one's mental state. It gets to be a point where your self-preservation is everything. So what are the meetings or the ideas or the things that absolutely require you and no one else? This is a matter of survival now because I'll drown. <laughs> I'm already drowning. I just hired somebody, actually, she's the best. This is back to culture and everything to manage my podcast scheduling calendar because it's not just the scheduling but then once we get the content we run it through our mill to then use it for lead gen right and it's a huge process actually because for us there's a lot of people involved because we do it to the nines and i've been looking for this person for a while and some person i didn't know who to hire i needed someone who was organized but it couldn't be like just an intern it had to be someone with a little more in-depth understanding and i found an actress which means, and she can write, so she can write like me. Winning. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's so awesome. And she's been in my life for a week and already my life is so much better because like this thing, I had to do it, only I could do it for a while. For a long time, only I could, for so many reasons. Then it was crushing me. And I don't like someone else in my calendar. I hate that actually. <laughs> so I'm having to teach her all my little nuances of the things that whatever. The human part, the thing that Calendly can't, this is why I don't have Calendly because I hate that, <laughs> right? It became that in order for me to keep perpetuating the brand and the company, I had to figure out how to preserve my energy and my sanity. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think we're coming up on time. I just wanted to close with a few final questions for you. This goes more to like the content side of it, but for the marketer who's never posted a single thing on LinkedIn, I don't even want to say LinkedIn, like just social in general, what would you suggest they post about for that very first time? Like, what do you think people could relate to? Boy, that's a good question. It's a hard one. I mean, I think if you're going to do it methodically, so if you want to go crazy, you're going to go crazy. Let's go crazy. Yeah. And LinkedIn. Okay. If you're going crazy, you need to sit down and think about what you can do every day 
that is not going to exhaust for a while anyways. So for example, I used to do a video, try to make a 60 second video every day called a day in the life of an entrepreneur. It was pretty easy. It's, hey, hey, welcome to another day in the life of an entrepreneur. And then I would do one thing. Sometimes the one thing was like, I just had the worst meeting ever. And like this guy totally embarrassed me. <laughs> or I just went to my, just visited my parents and had a fight with my mom. Or I, I wouldn't really say anything, but you know what I mean? Like, or maybe I'd be like, here's this amazing thing I learned today. Dignity, strength, vision, this cool thing that this woman from Deloitte taught me, whatever. And it was hard. It was hard to do every day. And I did it only in the weekdays. But it was great. It was a great exercise for me to kind of put myself in other people's shoes, to get a beat on the audience, and then also to learn that I could publish that on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere. I thought for a while I couldn't put it on LinkedIn because it would be too personal, but it wasn't, turns out, right? So if you're going to go crazy, now here's an idea. Like my stepmom, I love this. She has one of those hula dolls. Oh, yeah. Go you know, yeah. like this, right? And she's in Vermont where it's very cold. And so she took a picture of her face and sometimes other people's faces and she puts it on the hula doll. And every morning my dad makes her a, a fancy latte with big foam on it. So she takes her video with some Hawaiian music of the hula doll and she cuts out the weather and the latte is there too. So she's like, hello, hula latte weather of the day is 0.2, negative <laughs> two degrees, but sunny. <laughs> I'm so jealous of this thing now because I'm like, I should steal this. And we just bought a lava lamp. And so I'm thinking about doing something with a lava lamp. But see, this is something so easy. Now there's, she's got extended ever, life forever on that. It's just the weather, right? She can cut out anybody's face and put it on the hula because it's hilarious, whoever you put on there, right? Even if it's people you don't know, it's funny, right? It could be a dog, doesn't matter. Anyway, so that's the crazy style. The not crazy style is the thought leadership. So go ahead and find other people's content, click share and say something about it. Say something nice about it and learn how to be a writer. The hard part is it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So if you're going to say, check out my podcast with Kate Bradley Chernis, nobody knows who I am and nor do they care. And check out is the most lazy and vapid call to action on the face of the planet because there's no value there, right? So if instead you said three surprising ways that companies who have no paid advertising can run with the big dogs, click here. I don't know, yeah, something like that's that. Perfect. Right? Awesome. That's really good. So I want to end it with this. <laughs> and so... Where can people or where should people go to learn more about you and lately? Anything you want to plug here, feel free. We're going to make sure to link it back. So it's all you, Kate. You're so nice, Nick. We're at lately.ai. I'm Kately from Lately. And you can reach out to me. I think we just rebranded, which is like such a nightmare, by the way. <laughs> In the shoemaker had no shoes. It's like so embarrassing. But I think I'm lately AI Kately on Twitter. I think that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> nerd but we're really friendly people on this like we treat every customer small and large like they're an enterprise customer and speaking of firing customers we have people of course who are like oh i don't want to do that i just want to do self-service and we're like well then you're not for us like if you don't want to get to know us sorry <laughs> so it's so funny how people are allergic to relationships it's kind of frightening as well like what's this world coming to yeah. Yeah. It's been an easy way for us to disqualify yeah. people because what it tells us is that they're not going to put that human time in to the robot. 
and they're not going to get yeah. a good result. True. Awesome. Well, Kate, I want to thank you again. I really appreciate spending some time with you today. It was great having you on your Rep Your Brand. Can't wait for everyone to listen to this. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.